Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okie dokie. What's up, fellas? Jimmy Toscano here with Bobby Manning from the studio, as he would call it, and Ashrod Blakely himself. <laughs> I don't think TV I started Garden. that. Ashrod <laughs> Blakely, what's up, my man? We, didn't, we missed you last night, man. We, you, you missed a good game. I missed a great game. I missed, missed a really game. great booty calls. You know what? Students have to we be educated, let- all that good stuff. That's a scary thought. You are actually molding the minds I'm just, of our I'm youth. Just, we'll I'm just trying to find a next Jimmy Toscano. That's all. I'm just trying to find a next Jimmy Toscano. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to look long and far for that. We'll get into. <laughs> we'll still get into last night's game. How about that? Just for you. But before that, we have this game tonight. Boston Celtics beat the Detroit. Gee, I can't even talk. Boston Celtics Detroit beat the Detroit Pistons. basketball Pistons. 127-109. Jason Tatum's return. Marcus Smart's return. Before we get into all that, we have to remind everybody that this episode of The Garden Report is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com garden. Get 10% off your first month and get on your way to being your best self. Again, that's betterhelp.com garden. We'll get into them a little bit later. But guys, uh, another win for the Boston Celtics tonight. Different look team than just 24 hours ago. A couple familiar faces rejoined the squad. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Al Horford. Am I missing anybody? No, I don't think so. Those those are the three guys. Mascala. 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 Yeah, he, he went in the opposite direction, unfortunately. No Mascala tonight. No Rob Williams. We'll get into a little bit maybe a Rob Williams talk uh, at some point, too. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll start with Sherrod, who, who was at the game tonight. Sherrod, give me, give me uh, some takeaways from uh, some of the uh, unfamiliar faces that we saw, sp- specifically Marcus Smart, his return tonight. Well, the best part about this game is that none of the core guys got hurt. Because in every <laughs> sense of the word, this felt That's like good. a glorified open practice. Uh, you, If you go back, you look at the early stages of this game, you got Tatum trying to make behind the back passes to the top of the key and it, it, it just really they didn't play any defense like in, no no i mean and, and, and to their credit you, you understand why that is i mean this is the last game before the all-star break you're playing one of the worst teams in the nba a team that has significantly altered their roster in the mm-hmm. you know at the trade deadline so there really wasn't a whole lot for the celtics to get fired up about other than the fact that you put them away early you go home go to whatever destination you're off to other than the coaching staff and Tatum and Brown, and then you just get ready for the, this, this stretch run afterwards. Uh, so to me, the biggest takeaway from this game was that no one got hurt because to me, I worry about that, especially the way they were so loosey-goosey to start this game. Didn't really seem to be locked in. But, but again, when you're playing a team that you're significantly better than, 
you can get away with that and, and come away with an 18 point win, which is what they did tonight. Mm-hmm. Damn, I just have to. I had to put. I'm glad I posted a comment. I get to see that Sherrod Blakely drip tonight. Look at that. Look at that jacket, Bobby. We didn't know Classic. he was. He, we know he was rocking with that until we tossed a comment. That's, those are some just Detroit colors, right? Those some Pistons colors. Some complimentary colors going on. Hey. I had something to do at, at, at my university, and it just so okay. happened. It is oh, what it okay. is. Well, 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 lucky us. What do you got, Bobby? Welcome I like back. that take. Yeah, I just got in from Milwaukee. Um, love that game. Didn't love this game. This is one of those games where you kind of nod off a little bit midway through. You're like, ooh, like, and I, you know, I try to get fired up a little bit, a little bit, especially especially on the back to back. They took care of business tonight. I think that's the story of the first half of the season with this team. Win seven to ten coming into the break without. Got their full complement line players pretty much the whole way. Marcus Smart missed 11 games over that stretch. Poor for dealing with the knee pain. Rob missing various games with the ankle. Uh, and numerous other guys going in and out of the lineup as well. You didn't think Derek White was going to make it to this one. And he gets on the plane as well and makes it to the arena on time and plays well. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah, you're thrilled that this team's going to get healthier into the second half. I'd imagine everybody's going to be ready to go after the break, the way things are progressing. I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, to see Marcus Smart suit up for this one and play well himself. I thought he was just going to sit straight through into the break. So they get out there. They fool around a little bit midway through. I think the lead got down to five or so after it got up to 17 around halftime. And they uh, end up running away with it into the fourth quarter there. And Uh, Tatum probably had one of his easiest high-scoring games ever. He just put him up at will in this one. 23 in the third. Just impressive stuff, how easy he makes it look at this point, how much in the flow of the offense these points come. And the theatrics at the end, I love him going for that big dunk that bounced up off the scorer's board. This was fun to watch just because of the things Tatum was doing. Everything else tonight was kind of a snoozer. Well, geez, Bob, that's a little harsh. I mean, come on. Marcus well, you Smart, know what? I, it, I thought Marcus Smart it, had, a, had a nice It didn't effect. help. It didn't help that the most exciting game of the year was yesterday. Right. There, there's a bit of a come down for sure after, after last <laughs> night's loss, believe it or not. You know, everyone, I'll tell you what, I don't think, uh, I've heard more Celtics talk uh, on the sports uh, airwaves than I have in a long time uh, than today um, because last night everyone was fired up. Yes, they took an L, but I think everybody was pretty impressed with what they saw tonight. A little bit different, 20-point <laughs> win or whatever it is. Um, it was good to see Marcus Smart back, you know, right before the All-Star break, gets his feet wet, gets back in a little bit of a rhythm uh, so he can come in uh, firing uh, out of the break. Um, I thought he gave them some energy right off the bat, a couple of nice steals, a couple of really good passes. Uh, you know, his ball movement is his, um, you know, his playmaking. You know, we've talked about it all year. You know, they obviously missed that. Derek White did an extremely commendable job with Smart out of the lineup. But, um, you know, they are different players still. And, you know, if you can have them both healthy, that's great. Can't believe Derek White just casually – uh, walking around with a hole in his eardrum. That's like a hockey. <laughs> that's like a hockey guy move. So shout out to Derek White for getting back in time. Uh, he didn't even. He didn't. You know, Bobby. He's probably got the similar uh, energy that you have tonight. He took a took a plane back from Milwaukee today and just got to the game in time. It's kind of like what you did for us. You just got back to uh, to our version of the he game. He made in it time. to the arena. I didn't. So. Yeah. Credit yeah, to he, him. If I took the earlier fight, I might have been sitting next to him. 
Yeah, he he probably was able to get on a, a better flight than you did. We got to talk to Chelsea. <laughs> we got to talk to Gelso about that. But um, you know, they got you flying Frontier probably, so we'll have to fix that. But um, no offense to Frontier, but um. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting in that sense. Yeah, Jason Tatum coming back from his sickness. It looked like he didn't miss a beat. Um, what is it, 24 points in the third quarter for him. So there, there are a few things to like in this one. Um, Yesterday, Jimmy pissed off <laughs> the city of Milwaukee. Yeah. Tonight, he's pissing off Frontier. There goes our Frontier sponsorship. Yeah, that's, I got I to gotta keep quiet, I think, a little bit. Um, <laughs> Horford's return, too. So they got a few familiar faces back in the lineup. Um, and they honestly uh, needed bodies. They would com- I thought they'd completely sit this one out, but credit to them to get a few guys out there and make this one manageable because we look at the East standings tonight, and I don't know what the score of that Bucks game was. They went down to Chicago that easy road trip after the back-to-back, and I believe they ended up uh, – oh, it's tomorrow. So they're playing tomorrow in Chicago, not a back-to-back. Could have tied the uh, standings, but the Celtics retake a one-game lead. Heading into the break, the best the Bucks can do is move within a half game. So uh, nice to hold them off. I do think it's going to be important to get the one seed. And you tied that season series with that loss last night. And uh, getting the win tonight is going to hold them off at least for now. So uh, you'll be healthy like they probably will be coming out of the break. And that's going to be an amazing race. And I think they meet again as soon as March 30th. Uh, so not that long from now, most these teams will meet again. Just about a month and a half in Milwaukee. Yeah, good. I mean, that's obviously, you know, I'm not, not going to get too caught up in the standings at this point. It, it's a little early. I mean, shoot, we're just getting to the all-star break. But every game, you know, it's going to, you know, if, if you really do care about home court, which it sounds like a lot of teams don't care that much about it. I think they care more about matchups and who they're going to see. And um, not to say that they're punting games in order to meet certain teams, but there have been players and teams. Well, man, I remember the end of that. last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was yeah, guys were what sitting down or, or or it looked like who did everyone want to play? The Bucks sat yeah. their guys to avoid the Nets, right, and then right. the and then the Celtics ended up winning that Playing game it. in Milwaukee yep. and played that game, uh, played that series rather. Yep. Uh, it ended up sweeping them, of course. They they took a lot of pride in that, but uh, but yeah, you always see at least as there's at least one opponent team's kind of angle to avoid and. Might be the Celtics this year, if you're on the bottom end of that, trying to win that first playing game to make sure you get seven. But um, it, usually that comes in the middle of the conference. Like maybe Philadelphia will be that team this year. Teams try mm-hmm. to move down to six to avoid a four or something like that. Um, but, yeah, that is how it usually goes, right? At the end, last couple of days of the season, it's, it's that rest. It's that load management. And you're just trying to slide down a spot or move up a spot and, and – avoid a team or fall into a spot against a team and the funny thing is can usually end up hurting you more than it helps not that it hurt the bucks last year but remember game seven between the celtics and bucks happened in boston because of that mm-hmm. yeah well i i think there's so much parity this year that teams are just hoping that they just get to the playoffs and let things happen i don't think the matchups matter as much this year as they've done in the past uh, in, in large part because I think the way teams are going to settle, the teams that you – for example, the Celtics, the team I think they don't match up really well against is Chicago. They're probably not going to be in the playoffs. I don't think they match up great against Cleveland. They're probably – they won't see them probably to maybe the second round because I figure Cleveland will probably be one of the top four, five, six teams in the East. 
and, and so for the Celtics, the matchup issue, I don't think it's going to be play a factor in what they do. They're more concerned about staying healthy uh, because the mm-hmm. big difference between, I think, them this year than last year is they have all the pieces in place right now. They know that they can win a chance. Last year, even even as they were getting into the playoffs, there were some concerns that eventually crept to the surface when they got to the finals. How deep is your bench? Do you have someone off the, off the bench who can give you some offensive punch? They were never able to find someone to fill that particular gap, and it hurt them when they got to the finals, uh, especially when you look across the pond there, you got a guy like Jordan Poole who's just splashing everything, making big shots. They didn't have anything comparable to that. They had that now with Malcolm Brogdon, which is why – you know they've been, you know he, they've been pretty much letting him play here and there and not putting too much on his plate uh, because they want to make sure he's good to go. Same thing with Rob. Uh, you know they the, the load management has been so important for this team this season because they understand that this is their shot. This is their chance to win a championship. I don't think I don't think there's any disillusionment about that, um, and they don't want to do anything to screw that up. And overplaying your key guys, that's an easy way to screw it up. So you mentioned Rob, and I'm glad you did because we, we talked about him at length um, on last night's show for a couple of reasons. One, um, he played, what, 12 plus 12, he came I think off 12 the bench. minutes. Came off the bench. He barely played, I think, 12 minutes. And there was a bit of a, I don't want to say intense, but it was a kind of a <laughs> awkward <laughs> back and forth. Got yeah, Bobby, you were there. I mean, it was a it was an interesting, testy weird exchange, yeah, testy between exchange between reporters and Missoula. Uh, yeah. Just in my, what I thought was just very standard, normal questioning about why was, a, a play. It was, was simply, simply simply asking why didn't Rob play a, a lot tonight? Why didn't he start? Why did he only play twelve minutes? And Joe um, was just extremely short with the responses to the point where it just got a little tense and. and Almost like um, Missoula was kind of almost, I don't know. Want to play it again on your phone? Dismissive or talking down um, to, to the reporters about yeah. uh, about the questioning. And I thought it was fair questioning. Um, they brought it up today on, on sports radio and everything like that. Um, I, I don't think we need to replay it. It's kind of old news now. But I, I just didn't know, Sherrod, if are you concerned about Rob health or are you concerned about ineffectiveness? Is it just he's not – getting better what's what, what what are you seeing out there with rob i think it's gonna it's gonna continue to be an issue his health as long as he's a boss himself i think there's always gonna be that 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 you know that issue it's a matter of can he stay healthy enough long enough to win a championship that that really has to be the focus and i, I do think that they're being overly cautious with him to the point where rob gets frustrated about that he won't, he's a player and players want to play and he knows that they're holding him back uh, many times, not because of a bad matchup or anything like that, but just simply they don't want to run the risk of getting hurt out there. Uh, and I think as a player, that's a tough pill to swallow because you want to be out there helping your teammates beyond just you know doing the ML car, waving a towel on the sideline. You don't want to be that guy. Uh, and, and Rob, I think at times it, get, it does frustrate him. And, and, I could, and you can understand why, because he's a hell of a player when he's on the floor. But – he has to be mindful of the fact that this is so much bigger than his desire to play. You're trying to win a championship. Championships put you in a completely different immortal category. And he's going to have to be healthy enough for them to be 
that team. And the, I think they're just the medical staff and Joe Mazzulla are just being overly cautious. And I think Joe is at that point where he's tired of answering those questions. Uh, I think when you look at what Rob play and you look at what he when he doesn't play a lot, it's either he's heard or they're being overly cautious. It's one of those two. And and to me, at the end of the day, I'd much rather see him sit and watch in January and February and be good to go April, May, and June. And I think that, that that has to be something that I think Joe has to do a little bit better job of communicating that. Because I don't think he's very I don't I don't think he's doing a good enough job of making it clear to the media that that's part of the point. Oh, you don't? And if, <laughs> and if you don't want us to know that, you can't get frustrated when we keep asking the questions if you know that you know the answer to the damn question. And if he said nope. that, everyone would understand. I yeah. don't think I don't think it's about health right now with him. And he is dealing with an ankle. I think that's slowing him. I think that's nagging, though he's played and then not played and then played again. So it's gone back and forth a couple of times there. You think you would just sit a guy if that's bothering him and limiting him on the floor. Uh, maybe they needed him so much last night that those 13 minutes are all he could muster. That would make some sense. Uh, I think Rob actually spoke to Jay King in the locker room after in the, uh, the Athletic today and uh, did say that it was about managing the ankle and you know it's just about keeping his health in mind though missoula today went on the radio like you said jimmy and said called it a coach's decision i thought there was some level of strategic reasoning for not playing him especially where he couldn't take advantage of smaller players in that mismatch uh, inside and i think that's really been a challenge for him this year the offensive end of the core even more than last year where i thought he was great i mean he had a triple double last year and he's fallen so far from that end of the floor. That being said, the NBA.com, uh, whoever whoever votes on this, put him third in defensive player of the year voting uh, for his 104 defensive rating rather than 110 for Boston without him. And you saw it again tonight. They did not play great defense for much of this game. So even in this limited, slower, less athletic version of him we're seeing, him being out there alone makes a substantial impact on the defense. So that's what it's all about, Sherrod, just getting him out there. Might not be 100%. Might not be this player we dream of him becoming. That might never happen just because, like you said, as long as he's a Boston Celtic, he, he might just have something going on every passing week once the season gets going. But if he can just get him out there and not have him in street clothes – your defensive rating is going to pop up like four or five points. We saw it in the finals too. The, the Celtics won the finals by 35 points when he was on the floor, even though he was playing on one leg. So I think we get caught up and it's, it's John too, right? Like John, th- John just has this vision of raw totally. being like this, 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 a different level of raw being possible. It might just not be it's because of injuries and more than anything else. Like that obviously cut off his off season probably cuts off his practice and preparation time. So you just got to get him out there. And that's what this management's all about. And hopefully what they're doing right now is going to work. Um, but it is frustrating to see him struggle the way he does offensively. I mean, last night was tough to watch the way he couldn't even finish over Grayson Allen or Chris Middleton inside. I'm, I'm somewhere between you guys. Um, I mean, I'm definitely, I think I'm just frustrated and I don't even know exactly what I'm frustrated with. It is frustrating. It could cost him a title if he's not out there. Right. And, and if it's health, then obviously that's not his fault. I mean, when when they drafted him, he kind of slipped to them for health reasons, right? It was the back. Mm -hmm. But since then it's been Mm -hmm. the back, it's been the knee, it's been the ankle, it's been conditioning. It seems like it's always something. 
And my problem is I'm just not seeing him improve, especially on offense. In fact, I'd say he's going in the wrong direction on offense. He doesn't even have look to shoot. So you put a guy out there that's becoming extremely one, one dimensional. And yeah, he's really good at that one thing, but he's not playing enough to really make an effect enough when he's, when he's, he doesn't do it for enough games in a row. He doesn't do it for enough time uh, within a game. And I'm just not seeing him trending in the right direction. So I'm frustrated with it. I think John's frustrated. Um, I'm, I mean, the days of Rob Stonk, remember when we birthed Rob (laughs) Rob Stonk, we thought this guy was only going up. That was what we said. Stonks only go up. Right. And I just feel like that was a hundred years ago. I just, even when he's out there, I I understand the effect he has and how he um, deflects shots and how he just gets in opponent's ways and gets to sell his own transition. He does those things still, but I'm not seeing like a cut above Rob, you know, I'm not seeing that guy that I've seen in the past. And I'm not sure if, if that guy is there anymore. I don't see like the, and I don't want to say, I don't know if the word is enthusiasm, but I just don't see enough oomph when he's out there. He's not engaged enough. That's probably what, what I'm trying to get. At. I don't think he's engaged enough, especially on offense. I just feel like they don't even look for him. And if the ball, so yeah, it's half him and it's half his teammates. Yeah. yeah, They don't look for him anymore. They don't run the offense through him at all. Sometimes the ball finds its way to him. And if it does, maybe he'll think about putting it back up, but he's not looking for anything on the offensive end at all. He's leveled out. I mean, his, he's not peaking. He's not dropping. He's just flatlining out there. And that's the thing. When you look at that young core that they're trying to develop, that's the one thing that they don't do. Tatum keeps getting better in some way, shape, or form. Jalen Brown keeps getting better in some way, shape, or form. Even Grant Williams, he, I know he's had his ups and downs this year, but when you look at his body of work from each smart year, it's too. smart too. And Rob is the one guy that they have you know, doubled down on as being part of their core who's not really getting better. And you know, in his defense, he started at a, at a level that – one particular skill that he had that set him apart, and that's his ability to alter slash block shots. That put him in a different category from day one. But there's so many other facets of the game, as we all know, that he's not growing into that. Um, I hate the fact that he'll get the ball in a block and he'll have a 6'3 guard on him, and he'll be looking to swing the ball out rather than just bully balling that guy on the block. I mean, you know, he, he looks at Al Horford as kind of like his, 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 his Mr. Miyagi, the guy, his, his sensei, the guy that he really admires tremendously. And I'm thinking, and I, I think that's great. But here's, here's, a, here's a tip. When Al gets a guard on him and he's on a block, he's trying to put that kid under the rim every time. And if the defense collapses, then he'll swing it out. But he's going to either get what he wants or force the defense to, to reset and start moving around. Rob doesn't do that. Yeah, got to be creative, ball. right? He'll, well, he'll get the ball on the block and he'll have a guard on him and he will immediately look to swing the ball and won't do any moves around the rim mm-hmm. when he has the ball to force the defense to react to that. Um, and, and that, to me, is, is frustrating because when you leap the way he does and you got a little guy on you, it doesn't really take a mathematician to realize that good leaper, little guard equals layup or someone getting posterized 
And I, again, I, I don't know whether it's it's one of those things where, you know, Tatum and Jalen have to just kind of get Rob alone and say, look, shoot the damn ball if you got a you got a five foot five guy on you. Shoot the damn ball if Grayson hey. Allen switches out on you. Do something on the block. Force them to do something. And he doesn't do that. Right. Rob okay. should be better than Al at this point, but because of those offensive limitations, he's he isn't. Al can hit that three. Al can facilitate, throw the outlet passes. Even beat guys off a dribble. One of my favorite plays tonight it was him up faking pass. It might have been Stewart. I forget who was in front of him. Jalen Darren, maybe. Nice up fake at the free throw line. Drove downhill and finished. He hit a three in the second half. And he's out there every night besides the back-to-backs. Uh, he's sturdy, available, and uh, looks like a younger version of himself often, despite his age, 36. Easy. So you, you think a little bit of that. And I, I hate to say it, like – I. I don't know what Rob's process is like. I don't. He, he might just work incredibly hard and have a body that fails him uh, more often than not. I think the meniscus tear is just an incredibly unlucky event. I see a lot of the chat saying, come on, give the guy a break. He had two surgeries. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, but I don't know how they handled the injury after into the offseason. It's still weird that he had to have the second one weeks or even days before training camp, frankly. That was ridiculous. Um. You know, coming back, it's been uneven. And listen, I know this management. I know there's some limits early on that he had to go through. And I'm sure he's still trying to gain his confidence back on the court. But on those nights where he's right, the things we're talking about are still valid. Them not looking for him or maybe not trusting him. I don't know what it is. Uh, The lack of finishing around the rim, especially in front of smaller bodies. uh, Playing hot potato with the ball. My favorite play from this year was the little jump hooky he hit. I forget what game it was, but he's throwing the ball back and forth with Horford. He doesn't really even want it. And then there was a play yesterday where he's at the three-point line. Brooke Lopez is sitting at the rim just guarding the paint because he's not even covering Rob. Rob just has to throw it away for Brogdon for a launch three. And that's why I still say yesterday's minutes for Rob, I think we're as much strategic as they were about health. Mascala was out there shooting aggressive threes and spacing the floor. Blake Griffin, not the best three-point shooter, but I think he really understands passing and movement and spacing on the offense. Like I think they almost look at him as like an Al fill-in when Al is out. We've seen them go in that direction with the starters when Al does sit. And then, of course, you have Grant out there, too, who can really space the floor. So they want to make things easier uh, for the offense, for Tatum, for Brown. And you have to start to wonder, I haven't reached this point yet because I still like Rob's impact out there. I still love their starting lineup from last year and how dominant it's been. But with the way Derek White's playing, do you have to think about flipping those two and just trying to get some really good short runs yes. to Rob off the bench and yes. keep and, keep White with the starters? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and try to see if you can you know, create kind of a Malcolm Brogdon, Rob you know, out there more and try to strengthen that, that connection. Cause Derek white, it's hard to take a guy out to me, what he's doing in that starting lineup in many ways reminds me of what Isaiah Thomas did when he got a chance to start, he wasn't supposed to be a regular in your starting lineup, but you put him out there and he just plays so well, the team is winning. It's hard for a coach. I think to justify yanking him out of that, that first group, when he's making such an impact on winning. Uh, I mean, think about this. I mean, Derek White gets freaking player of the week on a team that has not one, but two all-stars 
who are in that 25, 26 and under range. Uh, and yet he's the one that stands out. You got a veteran like Al Horford who has been, you know, Mr. Reliable in, in many respects. And you start looking at the roster and Derek is outperforming the role that he was cast in. And when you do that, there's typically some type of reward that, that comes your way. And that, in this instance, will be becoming a starter. And then, you know, Bobby, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but you can't ignore the fact that Derek has been so incredibly reliable. Um, he is pro- he's a great example of how often your best ability is the fact that you have great availability. He shows up. He doesn't always play great, but you'd never feel as though Derek just doesn't show up for games. Uh, and lately, it seems That's like true. he's figured out the he's figured out the cheat code. Yeah, how to be how to be how, how to be consistent. He's going to have some bad games, but he doesn't really have bad stretches. Uh, yeah. Because is is that he'll do something why. that he'll do something that keeps him in the game. Sure. Yeah. I think he. I think and, sometimes he can disappear a little bit on the offensive end, but he's always bringing it defensively. I mean, we know what he's capable of blocking. Uh, you know, other guards and and even bigger guys. Um, I, I'm I'm with you guys there. I don't get hung up on starting lineup as much though. I mean, let's not forget a lot of the effectiveness he's having is with second unit guys too. I yeah. mean, the game yesterday was with with the second unit. I mean, it's going to be a little different when you bring Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown back into the into the fold. Obviously, those guys are starters. Now, if you're talking about switching white for smart, well, that's a little bit different because that's, you know, position for position. I don't know if. Good and luck again, with that. Exactly. It's not going to happen. But, like, as to me, I mean, yeah, if Rob becomes basically unplayable, then you have a lot. You can go a lot of different ways with it, you know, but you've got Al Horton. I don't think back. he will. He brings enough on defense that you have to play him. No, I just mean, yeah, like, if, if, if it's health play. or, yeah, he might play. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, if yeah. he's only giving you 15 minutes, then you've got to make up a you got to make up that in a lot of other areas. We haven't even talked about my guy, the Moose, yet, and we will. Cause yeah. Sherrod, I want to get well, your remember take, Jimmy, take on him I, I, at some point. What's up? And I do want to go there, but remember Steve Bopet wrote that piece that part of the motivation for scouring the league from the Celtics' perspective was them having concerns about Rob and his sustainability. And, and they checked in on quite a few guys, up to and including Jakob Pertl, who scored 30 points yeah. for the Raptors last yeah. night. So they they saw and felt the need for a big, and they went out and searched far and wide. Didn't go all in on a Pertl, but made a move, picked up a, picked up a guy who's helping them right now, and a guy that looked like, at least last night, could fill in for Rob and do a decent job if he really needs to. He, he kind of trailed off in that second half looking back at it, but his hot start really put them in that game early. And overall, three games for a guy who hasn't practiced and uh, hasn't learned the playbook and played a different style defensively with the Thunder, you got to be super impressed with what they've picked up in Mascala. Yeah, sure. I'd well, like he, to get your take on him. You, with, with Mike, you've got a guy that can go out there and get you 20 points and no one will bat an eyelash yeah. because you know because you know he has that skill set, that ability to to be highly impactful at that. Yeah, and it, it, exactly, and it, and it comes on opportunity, which he hasn't had a chance to have a great one yet. But you know he has the ability, the skills, and the talent to do that. And they didn't have that until they brought him here. Did you compare nope. him to Olenek, Jimmy? Because I see no, it now. I didn't. That's a that could have been Joe Sway that's or a, that's, John, but. That's, I mean, that's a legit compare. He's like a poor man's Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Same uh, type of player. Easy with the poor man. Yeah, he's not making as much <laughs> money, but 
I'll tell you he's what. He's not making nearly as much as Kelly was making. I, that was if that was spot on, actually, on my part, Jimmy. That was <laughs> poor man, damn poor, spot on. literally poor man. Yeah, but I think skill wise, this guy can this guy can hang. I mean, I, I I think he's more effective last night on offense than Rob Williams has probably ever been in his Celtics career. More than a lot of big pretty man. damn close. I mean, the Whoa, guy scored 18 good. points like at like practically halftime. Yeah, Bobby, he trailed off a little bit. He, he kind of sat the bench a little bit more. He was in there late in the fourth quarter. He was the guy that defended Middleton on the last shot of the game. I mean, this is yeah. somebody that they, they you know, Brad Stevens, you know, I guess you can say Brad Stevens did it again. I know it's early, but I don't know how any of us didn't think that this was a possibility. A seven-foot guy who can stretch the floor and shoot three-pointers on a team that the Celtics have a history of trading with. I mean, that should have been a layup for all of us to say, hey, how about this guy? You know, he's on a pretty cheap contract. Um, and he's a guy that comes in, in a, off of a bad situation, same as Al Horford, right? Uh, on an Oklahoma City Thunder team that's not really going anywhere. It's, it's certainly not within Muscala's uh, career time frame. And he jumps onto a, uh, a championship contender. I mean, this guy has every reason to be as fired up as he was last night, getting the tech, dunking on the, dunking on the bucks, barking at the bench and getting teed up. I mean, this is a... A guy that I don't think I said boo in his entire career in the league. It's been practically a decade, I think. And, you know, he comes on to this team and he seems to be fitting right in and he's going to have a role. And I said this last week uh, before the trade deadline. I I thought that the Celtics might have luck in the buyout market for a big because sometimes there's one or two bigs that get bought out and they'll end up somewhere and they'll contribute at some point. But I thought the Celtics would be a good match for one of those buyout con- contenders because they are a championship contender. Well, the Celtics got a much, much, much better version of somebody that would have been a, a buyout big. You know, Muscala wouldn't have been bought out, right? So no. uh, I think he's perfect fit for what they're looking to do. And it's almost like an offense-defense situation. Not that he's a liability on defense, but if, you know, obviously want to see him in there for defensive purpose. But if you're looking for a little extra boost on the offensive end, it's got to be Muscala, right? Because Rob has almost become a, a zero on offense. If it's not a lob, he's not scoring. Uh, if it's not a lob, and guess what? Yeah. It was a lob last night. He even missed a lob last night. That was unbelievable. I'd never seen that before. Those are automatic. I wonder what he shot on those. It's got to be close to 100%. Has yeah. He didn't dunk it. He didn't want to dunk it for some reason. Yeah, Thought I mean, we're off track, but... He just, but anyways, I mean, again, was... I... What's up? No, go ahead, Jimmy. It was more about... No, it was more... We were talking about Muscala. I didn't, I didn't mean to, to bring Rob back in. <laughs> You're in the John time. chair. Rob's just wrapped around your head. Yeah. But the, the, but the thing about Mike, though, is that you it's it's hard to really have a conversation about Muscala and not incorporate Rob into it because Rob's health sure. is going to have a, a definite uh, correlation to Mike's ability to get on the floor. Uh, and, and, I, and I think what, what Celtics certainly like what they've seen about Mike so far is when he gets on the floor – he doesn't act like a guy who's playing with a really good team after playing with a not so great team. He just he looks incredibly comfortable in being himself. Uh, I, I when he gets on the floor, he pretty much is jacking a shot up within the first 15, 20 seconds he gets out there. Uh, and I don't what have a confidence. That. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's yeah. like he's, he's he's got the right attitude for a guy coming off your bench that you're going to be looking to give you a little bit of juice offensively because he's not going to, at least what we've seen so far, he doesn't allow the moment to to hold him hostage. Uh, he just goes out there, 
plays his game, does what he does, and keeps it moving. Uh, doesn't He doesn't seem like a, the type of player that uh, kind of wilts when the heat of the moment rises. Uh, which, again, when you talk about having a team that you are building, you're building to have a deep playoff run, you need as many guys like that as possible. Guys who have a almost like an irrational confidence about what they can do out there. Yeah, and I think why we overlooked them, Jimmy, is we were thinking about guys who could replace Rob or fill in and replicate what those guys on the roster already do. The great thing about Mascala is he he compliments those guys. So you're right, Jimmy. He's going to play. He's going to play next to Rob. He's going to play next to Al. He's already played next to Blake, Luke, and Grant. Uh, so he can play in two different positions on this team, which is huge. I didn't know if he could play the four because he didn't do it a lot with Oklahoma City. They played him in drop more with, with a bunch of wings and shape. So he's going to help, which is awesome. I, I do wonder how much or how effectively he could actually replace one of those bigs uh, because I don't think his game replicates any of those guys as much. Maybe Grant and Al to some degree because of the floor spacing there. But you have a bunch of options now, which is great. There's almost no way you won't have at least one big man option who's going to suit a game. And all five of those guys now, six if you want to include Grant, uh, can can do different things against different opponents that I think Joe's going to manage well. So they've, they've put him in position to succeed and possibly lose a guy at that big man position, which is exactly what we were looking for coming into the year when Rob was out, when Cornette got injured in camp. Uh, when Blake didn't look that great at first. And now you have Blake out there starting again tonight looking great. I mean, I another let me throw out another moment from tonight. The dive for the ball on the sideline that sent the place into a frenzy. That's so Blake at this point, on top of a good game from him at, in a start. Yeah, They've got a lot of good big men right now. And maybe it's not enough to lose Rob in the playoffs because I think he's just that important to what they're doing defensively. You saw it again tonight. They slipped without him. But I think you did the best you possibly could, given your tax situation, given what you had to offer, given that the Raptors really went out and aggressively went after Pirtle and got him. You did the best you could, and you're just going to have to live with it now and, and see how far it can take you. Absolutely, guys. Um, before we get into uh, anybody else in the team, and there's a few guys I still want to talk about. We haven't t- we even, even mentioned uh brogdon tonight which we definitely want to get to because bobby had a, some harsh words for malcolm brogdon last night and, and i think um, he might have to um do a little apologizing although i don't think official apology cam thing i think bobby just needs to back that up a little bit more but i've seen this question a million times so i want to throw it out there why didn't peyton pritchard play tonight you tell me sure i don't know why didn't Peyton Pritchard just in the doghouse? I have no idea. Uh, no idea. Um, it oh, seemed like the perfect. This seemed like the perfect game to play him. I don't know why he didn't play. Um, mm-hmm. We're past the trade deadline, so it's not like they're going to move him. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Joe Sway um, will bring us that because I've seen a million comments about that. I, I mean, you smarts back, right? That's probably the main thing. Sure. Smart, yeah, I mean, that's white. realistically why. Yeah, smart, white, and broad, and ate all those. I minutes, guess he could so. have got some fourth quarter time, and would that have made some people happy? So they're up fifteen or twenty, and they put broad, and they put um, Pritchard. No, yeah, no, exactly. I so. mean this, this Pritchard thing. I don't want to get too, too 
fired up about this, but how many? He's a minus seventeen last night. Yeah, he didn't play well. He's the fourth best guard on this team. We know the position he's in. He knows it too. And maybe they figure out something over the offseason. I know he would have been in that for uh, in the Pardo deal, but it's not a big deal. I mean, every team maybe it's a little different with the Celtics because he's he's probably a guy who would play on a different team a significant amount of minutes. But every team, pretty much for the most part, has a guy you're like, man, why doesn't he play more? You know, why doesn't he get enough minutes? And it's just been this constant story, and I've written it too because I I thought it was interesting the way he spoke so openly mm-hmm. about his position on the team and maybe not wanting to be here uh, into the future. But um, yes, right. I think I don't think it's a huge deal that he doesn't play when Smart, Brogdon, and uh, uh, White are available. So, yeah, I'm not going to certainly it's not like my takeaway tonight. Uh, I don't let I keep like not going to play in the playoffs. Yeah, Jimmy, l- yeah exactly. L- like you, I don't it's one of those things where like if he's getting 20 minutes a game, like something went wrong, like with the roster at some point. Um, and so let's I'm, be real. Does he does he dominate when he's out there? I think we're overstating no. it a little bit. Like He plays good. He plays admirably for a guy who's coming off the bench for games at a time. But it's not like he's shooting 50, 40, 90 every night when he goes out there. He's. I want to look at his stats for the season. Right you, now. Had all, you had all your guards tonight. You had smart yeah. play. You had smart play 29. You had white play 26. And you had Brogdon play 28. He's, shooting 40%, in- he's shooting 40% from the field and 34% from three. So there you go. Griffin ate up 28 minutes. I know that's not the same position, but those are just minutes, right? So, you know, with different lineup combinations going out there, he's going to take minutes away from guys. Um, so that, as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, that was talking Peyton Pritchard. I don't really want to spend a bunch of time <laughs> on Peyton Pritchard. There's a plenty of other things to talk about. What about Brogdon tonight? Um, bit of an, I, brought, I actually brought it up yesterday. First, I said he had a kind of a weird game up and down. He was a minus 21. I thought he had a couple, um, Poor decisions, bad turnovers, a couple misses at the rim. Talking about last night, and um, well, yeah, again, you he, he was part to... of the he was part of the last play of the game that White turned it over. I thought he could have demanded the ball a little bit more than he tried to. So I didn't think it was when, a great game for him. But tonight was a, a nice rebound game. When he went on that run in the second quarter, going into halftime, all of those dribble right into threes, nailing. Mm-hmm. I think it was three in a row. He. That's what you were looking for in that spot last night. He's so good at that shot. He just sort of does this little crossover dribble and either steps back or steps into these threes that just shoot right through the rim. And this is this is what everyone, I think, was most excited for when they got him because he played with Giannis early in his career, got a ton of wide-open shots, and nailed them at a rate really unlike anybody else in the league. After tonight... Five of eight. I'm going to look at the list right now, but I believe Brogdon once again is the most efficient three point shooter in the league, uh, which is incredible. You could not have imagined, and I know I nitpicked him a little bit last night. I'm sorry for that, but you could not have imagined this trade going any better. Would he miss four games with that with that Achilles tightness? He's had a few rest right. management nights, I think, but he hasn't been hurt. And you know, knock on wood. He's been incredible, and he's given them everything they've needed. Are you talking about Brogdon right now? Yeah. Do I need to pull up the tape from last night? Well, no. Everything I said last night is still true. What do you mean? You you dogged him last night. You basically said said they were stuck with him. 
and that he's declining and he's not athletic. He's just, I need to pull the tapes. And I, I, I'm, I'm pulling the tape. I'm going to have, I'm going to Tim pull the tapes and we're going to do a, Jimmy, a side-by-side both video. Both those comparison. things can be true. <laughs> I'm trying to explain because, because if he's the best player ever and he's this guy who you'd be idiotic to give up. Why would the Pacers do it? But I think they looked at probably where his body was going. I think there's a the middle salary was, somewhere there. The salary he was making, and uh, you know some different areas of his game that have that have that have from that have, from, um, that have declined. So he's been incredible at some things, and he hasn't been as incredible at others. Sure, I mentioned it last night. He's. He's one of the Watch worst. Watch out for Bobby, man. You know what I'm learning about Bobby? He will just talk some shit behind your back, and then the next day be like, he's the best. He is the best. <laughs> I can't imagine what he says about me like when I'm not, you know. Sherrod, can these two things be true? One of the best catch-and-shoot guys in the league, really one of the best three-point shooters, period, this, re- this season. An incredible volcanic scorer at his best. But... He's statistically this year one of the worst isolation defenders. Um, you know, you have your health concerns with him, which fortunately didn't pop up in the first half of the year really at all. And then what was the other thing I mentioned yesterday, Jimmy? I had some other I had another point too, but you're weighing those two things. Yeah. Right. But 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 here's the thing, but Bobby, those are two very, very different <laughs> things that happen at two very separate parts of the court. Uh, yeah. To me, you you have to look with, with someone like Malcolm Brogdon, you have to come back to the one thing that absolutely matters that transcends all stats, numbers and figures. Ah, uh, the finishing. And, yeah, and, and, he's struggling impact. at the rim. That's what that was. It. Impact. Does he make an impact yeah. more yes. times than not when he's on the yes. floor? And to me, I don't care if he goes three for 17 and they win by four. He's making an impact. And those three shots yeah. that he makes just so happen to be the, the last three shots made in the win. He is a guy that you brought in not to put up 50, 40, 90 numbers, which by the way, we know he can do because he's done it before. Mm-hmm. You brought him in to be a guy that can get you over the hump, a guy that can give you, can be a difference maker when the games truly matter in April, May, and June. He's going to have his ups and downs and in part because his minutes are going to be somewhat up and down. There, there are going to be games where he'll play 20, 25 minutes. Other games he'll play 30, maybe even 35. But, again, I keep coming back to the one thing that truly matters with Malcolm Brogdon, impact. Is he making an impact? And, I'll, I, look, Bobby, you're right. The, the analytic numbers say in certain uh, roles he's really great, and in other roles he kind of sucks. But, overall, he's a good player. And, overall, he makes more positive impact than not. I mean, this is this is we're not talking about like Romeo Langford sure. or that. We're talking oh. about Malcolm. Fulton. I should no, I should mute you. I should mute you for bringing that name up on the, the show. Most, I'm the host the most, tonight, not John. You can't bring that name up. The most important. The most important. You know who's hurt, thing. right? You know Romeo's hurt, right? You know that, right? You know oh, what? Boy. I could have guessed that. I could have guessed that, Sherrod. <laughs> the most important thing is that he's a perfect fit on this team. Yes. Why? Yeah. Because they'll they'll pay the luxury tax for him being here. Him being here is a big reason they're like sixty million in. They're willing to accept that for a championship shot here. He doesn't need to be the main guy. He's talked about that a lot this year. That because he doesn't have to do everything, that's a big reason he's fresh and he's playing as well as he is. He's not the center of attention, so he can get those wide open threes. 
He can shoot aggressively in space when he needs to. And you have a great defense around him. So even with some of his defensive limitations, you're talking about a guy that can still survive out there. I don't think there's been many times this year where we've looked and said, man, Brogdon's killing him on defense. I know he wasn't great there last night, but they put him in good positions to succeed on that end. And they have a lot of guys like Smart, like Rob, uh, like Horford, who can really help him out on that side. And they mm-hmm. scheme well on that end too. But yeah, tonight's another night you look and say, like, all right, they weren't at their best defensively. And it's just like it's it's just worth mentioning. Because it's, it's part of the whole picture with him. Otherwise, Jimmy, you'd be saying, what the hell did the Pacers give this guy? Are they stupid? Like, this guy's the best player ever, and they gave him up for nothing. But I think there's reasons they gave him up. And fortunately, the Celtics were able to minimize some of those weaker parts of his game, accentuate the strengths of his game, and really make him look like this amazing player in this perfect spot for him. And listen, a big part of this, too, was him sacrificing. Because I think if he wanted to come here and have a giant role, it wouldn't have worked. There'd be, there'd be conflict with Smart. He'd probably be doing too much. And it, you know, him and the Jays probably wouldn't mesh as well as, as they have. He right. had to take a step back. And he's really made the most of a, of a limited role. And he's grown it throughout the year, too, to be able to have a night like this. And he's so reliable, too, shooting. And that's the most important thing is – that can be the hardest part of the game at times, especially for this team. And they really need a guy that you can just throw the ball to for 14 shots, have him hit 10, and blow a game open like this. Not not this kind of game, but more like against the Warriors in the finals or against the Bucks when you're going cold. He was great shooting last night too. Um, so perfect move. This move couldn't have gone better. And it was it was it was everything everyone kind of dreamed of jimmy especially you who wanted him for years i've been clamoring for it so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna harp on how i absolutely nailed this one but i did absolutely nail it but i think brad knew and listen brad knew the type of not just player but person malcolm brogdon was and would be willing to accept a role coming off the bench if it was on a team that had championship aspirations and that was what malcolm brogdon was looking for he wasn't going to get that on the pacers i'm sure he made that known to indian in a, a respectful way and Indy was at a different place, right? I mean, they they clearly were in a different place because they took on a guy in Aaron Neesmith that was a project player that never would have developed here in Boston because, again, they're at a different place, uh, at different, um, you know, goals, right? So Neesmith gets his opportunity. Brogdon gets his opportunity. Both teams are probably happy with that trade. I don't think anyone on the Pacers cares that Malcolm Brogdon is having a, an effective season in Boston, right? That just wouldn't have mattered for them for where they are. Yeah, they um, got a piece in Neesmith. Smith. That, that's right. all they really wanted from that. The pick's probably not going to be great, but it's a pick. Right. Um, so it's probably considered a win-win for each team. I, I do think that that um, Brogdon is a perfect piece for what they need. It's clear that he's content with that bench role because they've had just about everybody else over the last week or two start. <laughs> and he's still he's going He's never going to start. <laughs> yeah, he's never going to start. And honestly, that's that's kind of that anchor that you need, right? That second unit, um, you know, what do you want to call him, uh, the pace setter, uh, whatever it is, he's that tried and true player that's going to come in off the bench. He doesn't need to start. <laughs> he really has zero be- starts this year. Yeah, I mean, that's – talk about a guy who knows his role, right? I mean, at this point, <laughs> he doesn't even have to wonder if he's starting. He can just know that when he's coming into the game, knowing what he has to do. Sometimes it's cool to hear your order. name in the intros. Yeah, that's of course. one. Of course. I mean, everyone, uh, every player wants to be a starter, right? But I think there are some that understand their role better than others and understand that, yeah, they can be just as effective in a bench role, maybe more effective. And again, is that a big deal to guys, Sharon? 
course. Sure, I don't say no. I'm not going to say no. Because you don't know what we're talking about. Is it, <laughs> is, it, is it a big deal to players? <laughs> the, the professor got caught sleeping. <laughs> the, professor, the professor's in the back of the room right now. I'm not going to say no. Big, is it a big deal to players to start as opposed to yes. off the bench? Yeah, that's exactly. Of course. It is. So that's it, a big deal. But Malcolm well, Brogdon here, understands. Here, this is the thing that you forget about about NBA players. They have egos. Yeah. And feeding and you feed that ego by being in the starting lineup. So yeah. Now at some point they'll they'll realize that it doesn't matter. I mean, if you start and play 12 minutes, is that really better than coming off the bench and playing 35? Exactly. Um but that's not the mindset a player have when they first come to the league. They want to be out there with the first unit because in their mind, that's where the minutes are to be had with that. But first also, group. also, Sherrod, they've been starting since age what four? Since they started dribbling the basketball, they've been starting, and now all of a sudden they're in the NBA, and everybody is an amazing basketball player. And they, for the first time, maybe in their lives, they're not the best player on their team anymore. I've so, yeah, always, that's, that's I've always been amazed. At, yeah, I've always been amazed at how well players adjust to that. When you're in a sixth, seventh, eighth man role, when you have not only been the best player on your team, you've been in many instances, the best player like in that state. Yeah. Uh, and right. now all of a sudden you're you're just you're just a guy who's just hoping that you'll you get like eight, nine, ten. Yeah. You're hoping yeah, you get that's... eight, nine, ten minutes of playing time. Uh whereas right. you were the best player for a hundred, two hundred, three hundred mile radius. And and I've 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 always been surprised at how well players adapt to that. because uh, I just from a psychological standpoint, looking at it from the outside. I don't know how easy that is to accept. Certainly. That that the team that you're playing on, there's at least seven players that the coach believes are better than you. I don't know yeah. if, if most guys who are drafted have ever had ever been in a situation where they were even at like an AAU tournament or something like that, where there were seven guys that were better than you. Um, because I don't think the players have I don't think the players think that way. Right. You can't think that way. You can't think, oh, there's eight guys better than me. You have to go in every game still thinking that you're the best player, uh, uh, you know, that, you know, or uh, that's on your team. That doesn't mean you're selfish about it. You still have to have the same goal. Right. And same, um, you know, ideas of what it takes to win a game. But but just because you're not starting or not closing games or not getting 30 minutes a game, you have to keep that fire and that confidence still. And I think a lot of guys, they learn that. Um, I think, you know, professional organizations probably do a lot to teach that and instill that confidence in those players right the goal isn't to isn't to uh, you know shoot down the confidence of your players just because they're not uh you know taking on a role that they took in college but or in high school the big the big thing for him too and I, I just saw someone say it in the chat is he he's made his money which i think to go back to what we were just talking about with pritchard probably where his discomfort stems from and not playing a lot with that contract extension eligibility coming up this summer and then free agency a year from then Bryden's making 22 million this year and then signed a two-year extension with the Pacers that gets him 22 next year, 22 the year after. Sure, so money. Money's gonna, a whole other aspect of it for sure. So yeah, he's gonna be five. He's gonna make a hundred million over five years. And I actually asked him a couple of weeks ago once LeBron broke the scoring record, like how long do you see yourself playing? And he said, you know, probably not that much longer. Like he wants to, you know, spend time with his family. Um, you know, he's got interest off the court. He doesn't want to play forever, and he doesn't think his body will even let him. So he wants to win that championship. 
he saw a role in a position where he could like help a team mm-hmm. ex- exceptionally in that spot. And now he's really trying to make the most of it probably for like one, two, three years here with the Celtics and win a ring or two or three if he could. Wow. Um, Cause he has a money. Sound like one, two, yourself. three, four. <laughs> yeah. Cause those uh, Milwaukee teams he were on, you know, they were just starting to bud and then they let him go, which was a big mistake, by the way. I think that's probably one of the regrets of the Giannis era was letting him walk. And then the Pacers era really didn't go how he wanted it to. And, no. So this is the best team he's ever been on by far, and he's he's really appreciated. And I gotta say too, and I'm sure you felt this, Shrada. You know, you've you've gotten to talk to him this year, and I guess more throughout his career than I have. He's great to be around, like you know, great to talk yeah. to, insightful, gives you his time. You know, it doesn't blow it off. Like he's very professional, mm-hmm. candid, and will speak his mind when he needs to. I think he's you know, guard and professional in a way that Al is. But he gives you some good insight too, and you know tells you how he feels at times too about things. Um, so yeah. he's been one of my favorite players to cover this year too. If, if anyone cares about that, the thing the thing about Malcolm, Malcolm, in his workout with the Celtics, you could see that he wasn't even in the league yet. It wasn't this wasn't something that he just kind of developed throughout the course of his NBA career. He came literally came into the strong league. handshake too. I remember, yeah. He's got a politician's hand. Oh, you shook his hand, Bob? Yeah, I'll usually shake a guy's hand. There you go. Good guy. Good guy you are. Yeah, I mean, Malcolm is just a different kind of athlete. Uh, I mean, just look, I mean, just some of the things that you know about his bio. I mean, the guy. Just the way he carries himself. Well, he he majored in history and he's he's got a master's in public policy from UVA. Uh, There are not a lot of NBA players who have master's degrees from, Mm -hmm. you know, at all. And so, and he got it done when he was an, you know, when, when he finished his undergrad. So Malcolm's a different kind of play, player on and off the court. And to me, at the end of the day, the thing that he does best, and I, and I sound like a broken record, but it's true. Impact. That's his role. That's his job. Make an impact. It can be scoring. It can be playmaking. It doesn't matter how. Just make it happen. Um, you know, as far as his defense is concerned, the one thing about Malcolm that I've I've noticed a lot is even when he's being even when he's guarding someone who's bigger than him, it's not nearly as big a mismatch as you would think. Guys have trouble moving him when they're trying to back him down. Good point. A lot of trouble moving him. He, his core is significantly stronger than I think people realize. Uh, it doesn't yeah. really manifest itself until bigger players are trying to play bully ball and realize they can't do that. Right. Guys, I, uh, I, I got to pay a bill here. Obviously I, I meant to do this a little bit earlier. Should we have, have another Joe Sway join us in a minute as well. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get in before Joe Sway gets here too, but um, another great friend of the show. Hi everybody. This is Jimmy Toscano from the garden report. And this episode of the garden report is brought to you by better help. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com garden and get on your way to being your best self. Everybody knows what their best self looks and feels like, but sometimes life happens and throws you off. Maybe you're overwhelmed or you're down, but talking with a licensed therapist can help get you back on track and thinking differently. It's not just during traumatic times either. Therapy can be a great resource to empower you and prepare you for what is to come your way. I know it does for me. Therapy has helped me greatly over the years. I went through a stretch where I just wasn't myself. I was really down and the people around me saw it. Once I was able to come to terms with it, I took action. 
BetterHelp.com makes it even easier to take action by setting you up with a therapist easily. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. No need for an in-person visit. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you're on your way. You can even switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com garden today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garden. Before we uh, go any further, we have to introduce our good friend Joe Sway Pavone to the What's show. What's up, fellas? What's up, baby? Good to see you again. How are we feeling? Are oh, you and me? Did you good, mute yourself? Good. They're uh, they're really noisy in here, so I'm trying to mute oh, and unmute the best. You in a loading dock right now? Where you at? Yeah, you know the vibes. I love the, uh, the Jimmy break. hosting vibes. Killing it. As soon as I walked in here, I'm like, oh, Jimmy's hosting. I forgot. You knew it. You knew it because other people could get a word in. That's well, no, you you're it. in the middle it of a read. Just... You, were, you were enjoying oh, it. Okay. So okay. I thought you were. I thought you could just clearly hear other people on the show because when Xanis is talking, it's kind of hard to hear anybody else. But um, all that being said, what do you got for us today, Joe Sway? What's, uh, what's the scuttlebutt in the locker room? I know you, got, you had your locker room pass tonight. Man, Tatum is ready, okay? Not only did he say he's out to win the three-point competition this weekend, but – <laughs> my guy's already practiced, said he practiced this morning. So uh, wow, that's okay. where his head is at. That's where everyone's head is at. But, of course, they're looking back on the, the first half of the season. Everyone's excited for the break. But they're also looking back and thinking, man, they, they, they've reached a lot of their goals. But, obviously, there's only the, there's the top one that's still out there. And uh, they remember that game that happened last year before the All-Star break. It was against these this, the same Pistons team. And um, it meant a lot for Joe Mazzula um, to go out there and, and have these guys win on the second night of a back-to-back. And, of course, having Marcus Smart back in the fold helped a lot. That sort of uh, resonated throughout the roster in terms of, you know, the energy and all that. I mean, that, look at Blake Griffin diving for a loose ball when they're up by 16. I mean, like they, that kind of energy. And that was more than enough for them to close out the Pistons in that in that fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, did you tell Tatum that you did not pick him for the three-point contest or did you let that one slide? I didn't tell him that, but uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny when I asked him. Uh, I'm like, so how did you, how'd you find out? And he's like, they called me. And everyone kind of laughs at that. But I'm like, I don't know the process, yeah. man. I wanted to find out. Yeah, what know? the hell? How are you supposed to know these things? Which is- yeah, exactly. I'm like, take me through it. He's like, well, they called me. But everyone laughs. Look at me. But no. Can we um, confirm <laughs> we confirm if Deuce is going to be handing him the basketball during the during the contest? or? No, I didn't, I didn't confirm that. But okay. um, it got that answer out of him and, and, and him saying that he's, he's already practicing. You know, that, that was big. So I'm happy. I'm happy. I, I, I stand by my question. Yeah. There you go. I like that. What about uh? Were you there for Missoula tonight too, or or did you miss? That? I was. I was much different vibe in the, in the press conference for sure. Maybe you it's Bobby. Joe, Joe maybe Sway it's just, is disgusted by last night. Maybe it's just Bobby's yeah. face. Do you think? You that's know what? It's interesting yeah, because just, it's. <laughs> you know how it is in there, Bobby. Something about your hard. face, man. <laughs> well, I, I think it. I got a great. I got a great response from him. That's what it was. Hold on, this guy's passing by. Okay. This guy know that we're trying to do a show right now. Have some respect. The bull gang no is going strong. We gotta, we gotta respect the bull gang. Though. All right, no, no, yeah, seriously, but no, um, it's just better when, he, when he's gone. Um, yeah. So I asked him about the all. Well, I was gonna say, Bob, you know what it's like in there. You don't know how long it's gonna take before you get that microphone. And of course, I got it. Like I think the third person asking questions. I'm like, shit. I, let me switch gears here a bit. I go, hey, uh, looking ahead. He goes, oh, oh, now we can look ahead to the All-Star break? All right, great. Give me sort of that response to that. And I'm like, well, I'm sure everyone in here is going to get right back to the game in a second. But yeah. <laughs> um, are you – and I kind of said it with that tone. Like, are, are you 
even excited about this? Like, is this something that I'm sure when you were a kid, you must have loved All-Star Weekend, but now you're part of it. Your team's number one. Are you? Uh, I know how you respond to this. Looking forward to this, or are you already thinking about Monday? He was just like, oh, no, no, I'm not thinking about Monday. You know, I really want to stay in the moment, and uh, it's it's a great, it's great for me. He got yeah. he got some coaching. I think uh, we'll we'll play that in a second. But in other words, nice. I was like, you so we actually had a legit answer. Yeah, but he he did, he was a good sport. I mean, I just I just love the beginning of it. Oh, we, now we can go into the Celtics. So this is this is important for him because I know the Celtics have played great. Uh, like they, he's he's gotten a lot of credit, but this is really going to be the first weekend. Where like the national media is kind of greeting him, getting to know him. I'm sure there'll be some like topical questions about his life or like it's huge. It's silly, a massive silly, career moment for him. Silly sure. questions, yeah. And you know he's still the interim coach, as we talked about. Like secure your standing on this spot, but also secure your standing as like a mainstay coach in this league. And if he's giving like one word answers or like sarcastic answers or just like acting weird with like reporters who don't who don't really know him like i don't i don't think it's going to represent what he's accomplished well and i know he's not a guy who wants to take a lot of credit for what he's done but i do think it's important for him to sell himself a little bit at this at this event over the weekend and be like hey i'm you know i'm here to stay i'm i'm a i'm a big time coach in this league like i might be 34 i might be the interim i might be a rookie but look at what i've done this year and you know that's not his style i get it but um you know like i'm glad he took a little bit of a different approach tonight yeah. Exactly, Bobby. I'm trying to get the most out of that because it's, it's not just about the Celtics. I mean, obviously, he's going to say that and what, what it represents, but it's got to be cool to to coach the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you know, I mean, regardless if it's an exhibition or not. I mean, a year ago, he had no idea this was coming, you know what I mean? So I didn't give him the whole cheesy, like, oh, what's one year ago today, you were, no. But I just wanted some sort of, like, right. like not appreciation, but, like, man, like, this is a surreal moment. And I think I got, exactly. I got a little bit of that. Yeah. Good. Well, we're gonna see if we can if we can play that clip at some point. I think Tim's working on getting that fired up for us. So when we get it, we will play it for you guys. Um, I listen. There's there's no two ways about it, Sherrod. I mean, oh, looks like we might have it here. Let's see. Hey, he's quick. He is he's quick. Up. So what do we do? Hit play. Oh, I think we spoke too soon here. Uh, I think it's gonna have to be on your phone again, Jimmy. Oh God, that didn't that wasn't that didn't work <laughs> yes. that last time. I think it's better on his phone actually. Uh, well, this isn't working. I'm gonna have to find it. All right. I don't know what. I mean, that's exactly the way uh, Ahmed did it yesterday. But I don't know. We're not getting the um, the audio there. So if I can find it, did we tweet it out, guys? Joe, did you tweet it? Or talk to me. Joe Sway's not listening. Or, or <laughs> uh, Coach, looking ahead to the All-Star break. Um, now we can look ahead to the All-Star break. I mean, I know you're trusting me more questions about this game, but I'm just going to throw it out there now. Um, are you excited about this? I mean, were you into this like, when you were a kid watching? I'm sure you watched the NBA a lot as a kid. Is it hard when you, like you said, you keep the big picture in mind? Is it hard to sort of just forget about stuff for a few days and just unwind? Or are you already thinking about Monday? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm definitely going to enjoy it. You know, our job is done. We have time to relax. I'm definitely excited about the opportunity. And, and like I've said a couple of times, I'm excited for what it represents from the players and the staff and the organization. And I am excited to experience a once in a lifetime, you know, opportunity. And so um, there's a time and a place for it. And from now until Sunday night, I'm going to uh, do the best I can to be present uh, and enjoy that, you know, with um, our staff and you know some of the players and um, just the environment. 
Oh, oh boy. That we're doing to see that guys. We, there we go. We got we got we got it down here. We know what we're doing. Okay, it might take us an extra <laughs> minute, but we know what we're doing. That was a good answer. And and, and Sherrod, I was I was gonna throw it to you on this because you've you've you know, undoubtedly been to uh, more than a few all star games, I imagine. It's a big social weekend. It's a lot of media. You're getting a lot of I mean, I imagine GMs are there, you've got owners there. And mm-hmm. for a guy like Joe Missoula at this very beginning of his of his coaching career, let's be honest. Um, I'm not going to call it like 30 interviews he's going on, but damn, I mean, they're still, they're still calling him the interim coach here. Um, I'm sure they, they, they're, I, I'm not even saying I'm sure I have no idea what's going to happen with, with him as far as coaching the Celtics beyond this year. I don't know if he does, but all I know is that this is a great moment in his career. It, it can only further his career. And I don't expect uh short, answer Joe Missoula this week and I think he's going to be very cordial with the media and with everybody else in attendance and uh it, it's a fun weekend it, 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 anything other than than being happy and and sort of lighthearted is kind of missing the whole point I think yeah I mean I I, I would agree with that and, and Joe understands that this opportunity is no different than the other opportunities he's had all season long to prove himself to validate the uh the opportunity that he was given by Brad Stevens. I mean, when you look at that coaching staff and the decision when they decided to suspend Ime for the season and they needed a coach, they had a number of of folks on that bench who you could have made ace for in some respects. Uh, you look at a guy like Damon Stoudemire, who's actually been a head coach uh, before. Uh, you, you know, you, you look at, again, same thing with, with you know, you know, a couple other folks on that staff. Bottom line is this. Joe has made the most of every opportunity he's had, and that's going to continue during All-Star Weekend. Uh, that's It's going to be the first opportunity. A lot of people get to know him a little bit more than just the guy that filled in for Emei in Boston. Uh, and I, and I, would, I would encourage Joe to lean into that uh, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just don't know how things are going to turn out this summer. I mean, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't get a multi-year deal uh, at some point between now and the start of next season. But if for some reason the Celtics decide to go in a different direction, there's going to be pretty much every team that has an opening this summer, if Joe is available, we're going to talk to him because Mm -hmm. they're going to look around and say that, hey, he he had the best record at the All-Star break. That team has been tops in the NBA pretty much all season long. And he has had a lot to do with that. The, the, I was I was saying earlier about how this game today felt like practice. And I'm reminded of that when I think back to the plays that jump out to me, because it looked as if the Celtics were running plays that they were, were running practice. And they were slowing it down just to execute. Like there was one play where the ball had, sw- had swung, around the per- swung around the perimeter. And then uh, I think Derek White made like a – rather than standing on, on, on a – on the block, he just made a sharp move towards the middle of the paint, and Tatum hit him with a great pass for like a layup, as opposed to swinging it out where he could have flared it out to someone else. It was like they had drawn drew the play up. This is what we're going to do, and they were doing it at like half speed, and it was and it got a layup out of it. Um, but Joe, but again, Joe Mazzulla's imprint is without question on this team. Uh, he's a big reason why they're tops in the NBA, and All Star Weekend is a chance for other folks who aren't around him on a regular basis to get some insight. And, and for those of us who are around him, we can get some too, because Joe is not Mr. Warm and Fuzzy. 
around here with us. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a or anything. I mean, he's no Greg Popovich in that regard. Well, here's, but here's the one thing, and and you know, another inside thing, like I was talking about with Brogdon earlier. Popovich is the goat, Jerk. I don't think Joe likes the podium. I don't think Joe. I don't think Joe likes the podium. I don't think he likes the strum. I don't think he likes the narrative or tough question games. But if you just pull him aside and ask him like something about the game or or like you know like a real like basketball question, he'll draw it out for you, and you know he'll give you a few minutes. And he like he's very cordial, and I, I think that does get lost. But there's just something about like the structure and the availability and like the question and answers and questioning decisions, especially as we saw yesterday, that really irks him. Uh, and and you know I don't think he reacts well to it when it does happen. So I don't know. He's still developing his style. I think he's still de- developing his strategy. Like the timeout thing has really come a long way, Sherrod. You saw it again tonight, stopping some of yeah. those runs with timeouts. He's getting uh, better. He's, he said he he said he should have called the timeout late last night when when mm-hmm. that play broke down. Whether or not that would have helped, uh, you know, who knows? But I, I I disagree with the people in the chat who say he hasn't changed things either. Like you know, if we're gonna look back at the first half of the season tonight a little bit, the way the offense changed to start the year, and still I think looks a lot different than last year. That's gotta be him to some degree. Like I can't imagine that like the players knew what they need to do last year under Ime and we're just like, screw it, ISO City. And now, now like, magically, coincidentally, with Joe in there, they're just running completely different sets and playing with a lot of movement and activity. I think he really emphasized offense coming into training camp. And did it hurt them defensively short-term? Maybe. But the offensive results have just been awesome on many different nights. It's a whole new offense from last year. So I do think he deserves some credit. And that was actually one of my predictions coming into the year in our bold predictions piece, Jimmy, was that he could win coach of the year. Because I think if he succeeded if he succeeded in a really tough spot, he'd get a lot of credit. And I'd say he's probably gonna be among the favorites right now, right? I don't know who else would fall in there. Of course. I mean, you just get the best uh, team. John told us to to make our bold predictions bolder, I think. (laughs) But yeah. 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 That's when I switched Um, my answer to like, I think I said, oh my God, I think my bold prediction came true. I just remembered it. I said that Celtics were going to leave Derek White back on a road trip. He wasn't, they were going to forget him. He wasn't going to take the plane back with the team. And then we just found out last night that he didn't take the plane back with the team. They left him behind (laughs) in Milwaukee. Oh, oh, no. oh my god dude pull that up my bold prediction just came true i just realized that it came true bobby pull it up <laughs> i guarantee you now about to look for granted it. granted i think i did say that he was gonna have such a forgetful night that they were gonna forget him <laughs> so that part yeah. may not have come true but the fact i mean that he didn't take the plane back you could argue that they you know the report came back that he had an ear issue here are we, we go. Are we sure about that? <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is crazy. Jimmy Toscano. Let's read it. It happens after White gets left behind on the road. This is, he said White was going to get traded. You really this said year, that which, Wow. You said he was going <laughs> to get traded, so not exactly true, but close enough. But, it, ha- yeah, it happens after lost, White gets left behind. the detail. It happens you got it this after year, White then, Jimmy. Gets, what, did I, what did I say last year? I said, uh, what was it, Roman's going to get traded or something? No, I don't know what I don't know what city it'll be in. Maybe one of those flyover oh, states. <laughs> but the Celtics, will Milwaukee, act- that's a flyover. Wisconsin's a flash state. Let's go. But but the Celtics will accidentally board the flight and leave White behind. 
it'll come after one of those three from the field performances. I love the look on Jimmy's face. Like forget he's on the like team. It just flashed across the screen as a. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we don't need to get into details. Bottom line, not is exactly that true, but they did. They did one. forget him on a flight. Yeah, yeah. This you're making year. it sound worse. Jimmy's like they left him behind. First part. Give him a check. Give him a check for that. Joe Sway. Well, to, piggyback, to piggyback, real quick, I was going to say just to piggyback on what um what Bobby was just saying about Missoula. Yeah, he certainly deserves credit, but I mean that's why this transition for him to to becoming the interim head coach was, was seamless, right? Because he was with these guys last year. They they went through it. They went through the 500 Celtics and and the doubters and guys saying the split up Tatum and, and Brown. So I think there is some significance in that, but there's also, um, oh, there it is. You also got to remember too, um, guys like yeah. Malcolm Brogdon, you, you know, uh, a guy like Derek White going through training camp. I mean, those are two <laughs> weapons that they didn't essentially have last year. I mean, Derek White to a certain extent, but he's just a completely different player, especially the way he's been playing the last couple of weeks. And then Malcolm Brogdon has just been the sixth man just anchoring the, both ends when he checks into the game. And that's just a weapon that they really could have used last year. So that made them stronger as well. But they're much smarter on, on the offensive end of the floor. And, and clearly we saw that when they went, came out in that first month blazing and just crushing mm-hmm. teams. You know, they did come back down to earth, but this is sort of the happy medium that we were hoping to see before the All-Star break. And here it is. We're going to wrap it up in a few minutes, guys, because we've been going for an hour and 20 now. Joseph, I wanted to get your thoughts oh, come on, on Marcus Martin. Yeah, man, I just got Well, here, dude, you took forever. What do you want us to do, man? You, you, you took 80 minutes. You, you, you're, you're cruising around the locker room tonight. <sighs> so, I mean, listen, you, you you did your thing. But I want to get your opinion on Marcus Smart since you were there to see it live. <laughs> How do you look out there? Oh, he's balling, man. He's just pure energy, and it's infectious. Man, six steals, got him in a hurry. If this thing was competitive, I, I – I think he's going to tie his career high. What is it, eight, nine? I think it's eight. Assess? No, steals. Oh, Marcus. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought he gave him great energy off this top. Uh, oh, yeah, six steals. That is, yeah. Yeah, six steals. Got? Um, I got the line right here. I, I, believe me, man, like that type of energy, no matter what the scoreboard says, that's when you see a Blake that's Griffin impressive. darting for a He was picking pockets. A loose ball. He was stealing lunch money tonight. When the game was already in the bag, I mean – that's the kind of focus. I on. love that. What does it matter? Like the locker room says, Bobby, every possession matters. I anyway. love that play. I mean, he yeah, laid out. He almost, he most, almost did like a full belly flop off the ground going for that ball. That really, was, he really Tatum, didn't have a chance. Tatum was clowning him in the locker room. I mean, obviously he was joking, but he was just like, "Yo, at, before right before the scrum of the start, yo, ask him." Why he jumped from half court for that loose ball when we had the when we had the score like that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will see the video. It'll be up on YouTube soon. I love that. Uh, eight Good. steals. Twenty seventeen was, was Blake also um, Blake also had a lot of things to say, a lot of good things to say about the Celtics locker room, which obviously I'm sure Celtics fans are, are surprised by it. But there's there's one quote that I, I think stood out the most, guys. Check that out on YouTube. Well, dude, why don't you just tell us since we're here? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're already on YouTube. We're literally on YouTube. As we, <laughs> we can't. After we this don't show want them done, to go, leave the Go show. check out the Blake video. No, he give said, us um, the spark notes? He said this is, the, this is the best locker room he's ever been in. He said, and then he sort of backpedaled a bit. Said, hey, there were some really good locker rooms in LA, but this is just as good, probably better, much better. I feel like he he bit his tongue because he felt like he's gonna get a text message from. One of his yeah. former. Yeah, you know, he already did that at the start of the year. Remember, he threw threw some state at Brooklyn. I'm sure he heard well, about yeah. it. Yeah, we we know he's yeah, not talking about Brooklyn for sure. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you can see it. I think we even mentioned it yesterday on the show that like just the uh, the camaraderie, like you can tell. I mean, you guys are there. Uh, you could probably see 
uh, these guys gen genuinely like each other. You know, it's not just a chemistry on the court, but uh, they seem to have really good relationships off the court. Um, they're supporting each other. Um, you can see when they do uh, How about events. Luke throwing down the dunk? He's got the celebration all lined up. It always comes back to Luke. Your mind is constantly that. on Luke. Like how is Luke what you're thinking in. of right now? They had, a, they, had a celebration, they had a celebration all lined up. That's that's some real cohesion between the players out there. Literally, and I think he was throwing Parker. some shade at at, at Embiid, wave, you know, waving the nose. You stink. He he did like the stink sign. <laughs> okay. And that was talking Luke Cornett. <laughs> that's when you know it's time to go. Yeah. All right, guys. Final thoughts. I'm gonna start with Bobby. So so let's do let's do final thoughts from the first half of the season since we're gonna be off. For I like a, that idea. Off for let's a do you know what? Since I'm the host. Scratch that. Let's do final thoughts from the first half of the season. Yeah, I, I think my big one. <laughs> Literally what he said. <laughs> what do you got, Bobby? What's your biggest, biggest takeaway here? I, I think I think my big overarching one is, is, is that this team exceeded <laughs> expectations. And really, tonight, last night, almost, the, the moral victory, they, they could win with a combination of guys, players in and out of the lineup, big injuries, rest, whatever they needed, they could still pull off victories. And they always try to grab extra victories too in spots where you thought they had no chance of winning, whether it was Toronto early in the year on a back-to-back -back with a bunch of guys out. They, they went 8-1 and one on the second half of back-to-backs uh, after tonight's win and, and almost stole the first half in Milwaukee, probably the most undermanned they had been all year. So we know this team's a monster when they're fully healthy. When we nitpick them, I still always try to go back to the fact that when they are full, and I think they've only been full with their starting lineup from last year for one game this year, uh, oh. they're going to be a they're going to be a force to to deal with, and I don't think many teams are going to be able to do it. And the big one tonight too, Tatum. Like if he's fresh, if he's healthy, he's just about as good as anybody out there right now. And and you saw that again tonight, and in, in a really special night for him. So. Uh, you got to be thrilled about where this team's at on both ends of the floor. They're the title favorite. They got better with some of the additions they made. And there are some things that scare me still. We hit on it tonight, Rob. I think some of the tendencies of Tatum and Brown creep up every now and then that show them to be their worst right. selves at times. And they're going to decide. I said one takeaway. You can't pick 12. You have to have one takeaway, not a summary of the first half. I'm thrilled. There you go. Okay, thank you. Joe Sway. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I mean, it's not that interesting, but like a, like a month ago or so, I was like, Bobby, I don't know if you remember that. At least there's at least a couple of videos where I was like, this team's not going to be number one all season long. Like, you know, guys have to get used to that. And it never happened. Like, they held it down. I mean, Milwaukee was breathing down their necks, and they still <clears throat> find, found ways to win games time and time again. And I feel like while we're a lot of time waiting for the other shoe to drop, we sort of missed how insane that was right and i think now we get it because over the past week they've been able to do it with missing so many guys and even when they didn't do it we were like man what i call it last night the, mm -hmm. uh, the worst loss of the season for the i mean the best loss of the season for the celtics and you know th that's the type yeah. of um i think that's the type of team that shows the, the how, how deep they are and um we weren't so confident about that depth because of uh the injuries and because of the way the the offense would go stagnant at times and now I feel like we're starting to see guys step in, people kind of find their stride. And, you know, I'll talk about Marcus Smart was also saying, though, none of this really matters because they can come back after the all-star break and shit the bed. But in the meantime, right. I mean, I'm going to use a quote from what Joe Mazzula said a couple hours ago or 
right after the game. And he just said, I'm, I'm going to try to stay in the moment and enjoy it. So I think that's what the Celtics should do. I mean, obviously, don't get too crazy. But, you know, enjoy your break. You guys who aren't going to the All-Star, All-Star weekend can relax at home and, you know, unwind mm-hmm. a bit. And, and I think they, they, they've earned it for sure. I mean, I, I, we, I'm sure our, our viewers would, would agree with us. We're, we could be a bit hard on them. But at the same time, when uh, something like this comes together, you know, in terms of All-Star break and you take a look back, look at the record, you're like, man, this is – this is impressive. So I, I think this is a perfect way to put it is they've exceeded expectations for sure. And uh, I can't wait to see what they look like after the break. Well said. Sherrod, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, the, the for this team, it was simply getting to this point relatively healthy, understanding that where you're at now is just another mile marker on the journey to winning a championship. Uh, this team is just, that's just where their head's at. That's where they, that's their thought day in, day out is what we're doing, moving us closer to winning a championship and everything they're doing is because it's working out along those lines. So, uh, I, they hit the all-star break at a time when they are in a great position in terms of health, in terms of record, in terms of impact. And I think the scary part is that all the pieces that they're banking on to be significant in the title run haven't really spent a lot of time together, and yet they still have the best record in the NBA. And I think that that reality is going to make things extremely interesting between now and the the playoffs because we're going to start seeing the regular rotation play together more. We'll get a better sense of what we might expect to see come playoff time because, as we, again, sound like a broken record, but it's the truth. This team is built to win a title. Nothing short of that is going to appease them at this point or when we get into the playoffs. Any mm. plans for the break, guys? I don't get a final thought. Relax. Oh, yeah, you get Never one. Never mind, just chop liver. <laughs> I don't get a final thought. No, hey, guys. Mix, mix that in. Yeah, Bobby, what are you doing for the does. break? <laughs> Screw me. I don't even Jimmy, have a thought. You're the one that want to wrap the show up. So Jimmy, Jimmy pass. <laughs> no, to be honest, I don't have much what, to say. I, I kind of agree with a lot of things you guys said. I'll, I will say this. Celtics took care of business in the first half of the season or pre-All-Star break. Mm -hmm. I think they have slowed down a little bit. We've all seen it. Um, They're not as dominant, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, But the season starts Monday, as far as I'm concerned. It starts after the All-Star break. That's where championship teams are formed. That's when you're going to start to see teams like the Bucs, who have already started, to be honest, they're on an 11-game winning streak. The Bucs, the Heats of the world, who Bobby doesn't really care about, the Cavs, uh, the Philadelphia uh, 76ers, these teams are going to start to mold together as well. Um, and you're going to start to see uh, teams sort of settle into certain spots in the in the um, standings. And like you said, Sherrod, there's one goal for this Celtics team is to win a championship. Anything less is an improvement from last year. It's, it's not an improvement from last year. So if you're trying to improve, there's only one way to do that. It's win a championship. So there's a long way to go. I think they can improve in a number of ways. We've talked about a, a few of the guys tonight, Rob Williams being one of them. He's going to be huge for them in the second half. How many minutes are they going to be able to get for him, from him uh, down the stretch going into the playoffs? You can't just flip a switch in the playoffs. You have to get some continuity. You have to get some consistency in the starting lineup. That's something that they haven't had. So I want to see more consistency and continuity in the second half. Well, here's, here's your schedule to start the second half. Indy, Philly, New York, Cleveland, Brooklyn, New York, Cleveland. It's a pretty good row of tests right there. Yeah, you got a couple of Clevelands in there. New York's playing interesting ball with, you know, Brunson's playing awesome right now. Um, yeah, so, yeah, listen, right it's, about to, it's, a, it's about to get very interesting. So we are going to have 
complete coverage the whole second half of the season. What do you got going on this weekend, Bobby? Anything good? I really tried to throw together a last-minute trip to Utah, but it didn't work oh, out. You it just was got back from Utah. Get out of here, bud. It was no. I looked far and wide to make that trip happen, but it's not gonna. So I'm gonna chill, <clears throat> recharge. What do you mean? You just literally just go to like uh, a website and book a flight. What was the problem? They're ex- they're expensive. Like yeah, Bobby was like hundred round I'm trip. Joseph's got deep pockets. Joseph's got deep pockets. Yeah, I'll give him a call tomorrow. Yeah, give him a call. So we can do <laughs> Still got a Joe couple of days. Anything going on with you, Joe Sway? No, man. I'm I'm chilling. I'm, chilling. I'm, re- I'm relaxing. I'm chilling with my so I'll see you at, so I'll see so I'll see you at Hunters on Saturday and in, in Salt. I was just gonna say, when did they get you? You guys better see you guys all there. Saturday, you can watch Tatum shoot the three point contest. It's gonna be pre pre All Star festivities, three to six o'clock. I usually play till seven. Hunters and Southie. There's no basketball going on this weekend. I don't want any excuse. Some get some day drinking in. I think it's Mardi Gras too, right? Am I wrong about that? Mardi Gras next week. That's right. So it probably starts. Does it start like this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts over the weekend. Yeah. So it's gonna be. Hunters has got that got that Louisiana uh, vibe to it. The the chef, ah. the chefs from Louisiana. He's gonna be keeping it interesting for sure. So I hope to see you guys there. Sherrod, you you around this weekend? What are you up to? What are you up to, Professor? I'll be out of town. Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> yeah. he's gonna be out of town. He doesn't want to hang around. That's not sticking around. Yeah, I'll be out of town. I'll he's be out of town. He's gonna wear where it's nice and warm. He's gonna be. He's gonna be. I will be. I will be. Yeah, I will be where it's nice and warm. I will be. I'll be working though. It's a long weekend. I will be working. Hope you get all the Mardi Gras, Jimmy. Gerard's always working. Gerard's always working. That's the one thing you got to know about Gerard. Have you been to Mardi Gras, Jimmy? You know, I haven't never been in New Orleans. That's a place I really want to get to. Wow. So, You've never so, been? It's up there on my oh, list. Jimmy, never been. Neither have I. I'm, I'm worried about oh. myself there, to be completely honest. Joe Sway loves that city. There. I'm sure he does. Yeah, Maybe I should go with Joe Sway. He can show me a couple of things. That's a, that's you a should great time. Joe Sway always leaves New Orleans with a good amount of beads. I'll say that. I'll say that about Joe Sway. Yes. He leaves there with a lot of beads. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to head out. You could probably get a gig somewhere, man. There's so many spots that have, you know, outdoor probably uh, music and all that stuff. Entertainment. Gig wherever I want to get a gig, all right? But hey, good chatting with you fellas. Everybody watching, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. It's 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 another late one. Um hope everybody has a great all-star weekend. Um, yes. we'll be watching Jason Tatum. We'll see how he does. Maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe Jalen Brown take, play. Maybe he's we'll gonna take it on. Will Willard, will Jalen Brown play or will he not play? But Either way, the Celtics are well represented this weekend, so that's a good thing. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Later, guys.